0: My name is Larry Maiden, I work at Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution in Massachusetts, and I'm the chief scientist of the project that we're going to be talking about, which we are calling the Inner Space Speciation Project. The expedition that we have in mind is really an expedition of exploration to one of the least well-known parts of the the ocean, one of the most, we think, interesting uh, places to work because of the variety of uh, of history, topography, biological uh, evolution that has taken place there. It's very complementary to have um, these two approaches, the, the ROV, the other uh, underwater cameras that Emory's going to use, even the scuba diving that we're going to be doing, all of which give us insight into what the animals look like when they're alive and in their natural environment. Uh, let's us see things that would be too fragile to be collected. Let's us, as Bruce said, see where things are located so we can target other sampling for those, uh, and let's us collect some really wonderfully uh, intact and undamaged specimens. But on the other side of that, we, the the old style sampling is still extremely important because, for all of its limitations, that's what brings the bodies home and that is is crucial for actually understanding exactly what they are for doing the proper taxonomic work on them and now of increasing importance is to have specimens that we can use for genetic analysis because everything that we collect will be made available for analysis of the genetic structure or those particular genes which people are beginning to use to identify species, also to understand how they're related to one another. And particularly when we want to compare species from point A, point B, point C, there may be very subtle differences in just looking at them, but there may be other differences that can be detected genetically, especially in cases where the speciation, the differentiation has been only over a period of a few thousand years, it may show up in the genetics more than it does in the morphology. So we have that new tool also and that's the reason why we need to bring the bodies home even if they're a little banged up. I'm going to a meeting next week of uh, I'm a member of the steering committee of an organ, a group called the Census of Marine Zooplankton. This is part of a much larger global effort called the Census of Marine Life which is an, an attempt over a period of many years to uh, essentially take some kind of a census of all the organisms that live in the sea and it now ranges from all the way from bacteria up to dolphins and whales with pretty much a lot of things in between uh it's a very ambitious undertaking of course and probably will not succeed in in identifying and locating every animal that lives in the ocean but our project here will be part of the zooplankton census it will also contribute to the census of uh, having to do with fish with cephalopods, probably with some benthic organisms because all of our material will be made available for the giant database that goes into this. And this is, a, this is really a worldwide effort, and it is going to rely on both the classical morphological identification of and naming and so forth of those species and the newer techniques, the genetic techniques that enable a particular piece of the genetic structure of that organism to be used as a tag and sometimes they call it barcoding, just like the barcode on something you buy at the supermarket if you find a particular piece of the genetic information that is unique to that species and develop a way to detect it then you have another mechanism to tell things apart and the technology for doing that now is becoming much easier much more widespread and it will become a major part probably of what we do in the future. And, and our experience in working in the places we worked already, especially because we have these new tools like the ROVs, submersibles, that show us things that weren't visible to us before, because of that our experience has always been that you always find something new, even in places where people have worked a lot before. And so I think going to a place where people haven't worked a lot before is going to be even, even more exciting. I think, I think one of the messages that we probably all would like this uh, expedition and especially the educational aspects of it to get across to teachers and to students is that uh, there is still a great deal of exploration and discovery to be done in the world. Uh, now in the ocean particularly because uh, you know, that's what we know about and the ocean is obviously much less known and much less explored than the land is despite the fact that it's the biggest part of the planet, it's where most of everything on Earth lives, even though we don't always know what it is. And so the potential for learning a great deal more about how our planet works lies in understanding better about what's in the ocean and how the ocean works. There are tremendously important interactions between the ocean, the land, the atmosphere, which are crucial to our survival on this planet, and uh, it really behooves us to spend more time, attention, and resources in understanding the ocean part of this. Um, Frequently in our daily lives we get a very um, sort of circumscribed, closed-in idea of what the real world is all about and it turns out that most of the real world, the real natural world, is totally different from that and there's no better way to see that contrast than by going down under the 90% of the living space on Earth, which is the ocean, and is so totally different from everything that we see around us in our daily lives. And in a real sense, that is the real world, we're just a little part of it. Uh, And if we can bring a little bit of that appreciation to people at this stage in their education, I think that would be very valuable.